You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This episode number 176, we're discussing our spoiler-free Spider-Man Far From Home live reactions. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Sanjay. And we're down another man in the Nerd Room this week. And this episode is actually going to be a bit of a unique one. We're putting a different spin on the episode this week because of the unique release schedule of Spider-Man Far From Home. It comes out on a Tuesday. So we record on Tuesdays, and Sanjay and I are doing that right now. Where our dude Troy, he is out there watching that film. He's getting in that first viewing. And like I said, because of this odd release schedule, Sanjay and I decided we're going to sit down. We're going to talk through some of the relatively quiet week in Nerd. But we also, and what we're going to do with this episode, is tomorrow we're going to take the mics... We're going to watch the film. We're going up there with Troy, myself, Sanjay, and our dude Carlos here in Calgary. And we're going to record a spoiler-free live reactions right after we get it out of the theater. And we're going to tack that onto the back of this episode. So that's going to be the unique part of this episode. A little bit different from how we normally do our film reviews. We're going to be coming at you guys next week with a full nerd room sit-down breakdown and a lot of detail walk through this film chronologically review. But this one's just going to be kind of our first shot at giving a live reaction. And again, it goes back because of this wonky release schedule. It's We did a prelude episode last week. The movie comes out on Tuesday. We usually record on Tuesday, like I said, release Wednesday night into Thursday. So to kind of catch that Spider-Man far from home heat as well as give ourselves some time because you know it's hard to podcast with each having two kids and trying to make time and actually go <laughs> see the movie and all this i don't know what troy escaped for for two film watchings in two days but he has a twin brother i'm convinced yeah, like a must. doppelganger <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's how this episode is going to be constructed so sunday and i'm going to take you through about the first 45 minutes here and then there will kind of be an abrupt change to our live reactions picking up we'll be likely sitting in like a boston pizza or something in a corner no. pass around the mic giving our reactions and again we're going to try to keep it relatively spoiler free if there are spoilers or we are going to go into it then we will let you guys know later on in the episode when you do see that shift. And we welcome Troy as well as a special host, guest host in Carlos to give our reactions for Spider-Man Far From Home. But Sanjay, you and I got a lot to get to this week in the build-up to San Diego Comic-Con 2019. It's just a few weeks away. But what that means for us is it's a relatively quiet week in Nerd. We got a few stories to get through here, but nothing crazy. We got Far From Home. We've got this kind of lull before the big onslaught of San Diego Comic-Con, but we got lots to get through. We're going to talk about some Endgame. We're going to talk some DC Extended Universe and Flash, Birds of Prey, as well as what we potentially could see at San Diego Comic-Con 2019 from Marvel. And Sanjay, like Troy and I did last week, you're going to give us some of your far-from-home predictions. Lay them down before we see the film and All actually right. give us that box office prediction as well as potentially what you think's coming in the end credits. But before Let's we get it. into it, any of that guys like we yes. always do at the top of this show we gotta talk about our weeks in nerd now sanjay you weren't present in the nerd room last week but you were you were grinding away for us down south on a work trip but doing yeah. that those side hunts let's know <laughs> what's what's been going on with you over the past couple of weeks in nerd 
Yeah, I mean, you brought it up. I've been uh, down in Florida for a work trip. Um, you know, the U.S., I just got to say, their steelbook game, insane compared to Canada. Like, they actually have steelbooks in stores. Like, that is unheard of in Canada. <laughs> you, you have to, like, order them, like, months in advance, and they're sold out within, like, a week. It's it's not even comparable. So, you know, I went down there, stocked up on those steelbooks. I got Us, which is probably my favorite horror film this year so far. Then, you know, I'm grinding away getting King Kong, the Peter Jackson one, uh, Godzilla, the 90s one. Oh, man, such an amazing steelbook. Uh, uh-huh. I just have I have a yeah. soft spot for that movie. It's it's not amazing, okay, but it's it's fun. And it was my first introduction to Godzilla, so it'll always have a special place in my heart. You know what, man? I, I kind of agree with you. I also do carry a special soft spot in my heart for that film. It was kind yeah. of one of the first monster flicks I ever really saw. Mm-hmm. and the soundtrack was pretty good yeah do you remember the teaser they had where it was a direct like punch at jurassic park where these kids are like in a dinosaur museum and then they're like looking at t-rex skeleton and then like godzilla's foot comes and crushes it oh, and it's like yeah, way yeah, bigger yeah. yeah yeah it's like something bigger than dinosaurs or something i can't remember what the tagline was but i was like oh man this is gonna be huge and it was you know as you said soft spot in our hearts but it's not like the greatest movie (laughs) (laughs) um you know i also picked up uh whiplash steelbook christine and i finally completed my planet of the apes war for planet of the apes which that didn't even come out in canada so like what the heck you know like how did planet of the apes one of the biggest franchises of all time not get a steelbook in canada but gets like several in the u.s it's 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 ludicrous man it's just ludicrous. Like Canadian government, if you're listening, do something about this. Yeah, it's that it's distribution across Canada. And when I talk a little bit about my, my hunt this week, it's the same thing. Is that, And I guess it's to be expected is that you do have that lopsided distribution within the states. Mm-hmm. But man, do we ever suffer up here for some things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we don't even have Target. And I went, I checked out Target because every time I go to the US, I'm like, I got to check out Target. Man, Target is such a sweet store. Like any Americans listening to this, don't take your target for granted like we Canadians did, and then it left us, unfortunately. But I uh, got a pretty sick T-shirt, which I'll be rocking tomorrow. Nice. Uh, got you and Troy a little something-something on the on the side there. Saw yeah, it and I was we, like, yeah, we mentioned it last week. We're pretty excited. Both of us pretty excited yeah. to get our hands on those tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I mean, maybe I'll withhold them. My memory's going. You know, I maybe have to grease the wheels a little bit. Man, I already paid. if you give me like extra butter in my popcorn or something then i'll remember them we'll see we'll see sunjay wouldn't abide by the 35 dollar rule though he wouldn't give me that sunny discount (laughs) well i said there's two two figures so you know combined they're less than 35 dollars each so yeah Yeah. sometimes i find (laughs) you know i I, so uh, this past weekend i'm uh, just a brief side tangent here i'm out in the hunt pretty depressing hunt there's not a lot going on here locally yeah but I realized also, because I was doing a lot of online stuff, Kijiji and all that, mm-hmm. I realized I am the cheapest when it comes to... <laughs> like, if I can't get a figure at the price I want it, I just won't buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll hold off. Eventually, you're going to find it for the price you need. Well, that's the balance in, that you have to strike when you're a collector, is know when to pull the trigger and when to not. And sometimes... I'm pretty good most of the times, but sometimes mm-hmm. I'm kind of like a bit shaky you know, I was on Dorkside Toys, which is a, a toy site I frequent. It's out of the States. They got good shipping up to Canada, and that's why I use them. But their clearance section this past weekend, it had all the Black Panther figures or oh. Legends loose. Yeah. And so they're like $8 a piece. 
Nice, nice. And I sat on it over the weekend. I had them all in my cart, four of them yeah. in my cart. Sat on the weekend. I went to pay for it tonight. Two of them were sold out. Uh yeah. Man. So I missed out on the Ulysses Claw and one of the Dora yeah. Milaje. So uh. I was so upset with myself that I can't continue to do this. Just sit on things. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be fine. I just gotta pull the trigger in the moment. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's a that's a lesson out there for you guys. For your weekend <laughs> nerds, is takeaway is yeah. when you see something that you know you know in your heart and your gut that it's a good price, pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you waiting for? Oh, well, exactly, right? Right? Like, it's just like scary movie. What are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> so did you get anything else out there when you're on the downstates? Not much like Best Buy, Target, Barnes & Noble had their Criterion sales, so I was able to pick up some of my, uh, what you call it, my uh, intelligent movies, as you will, a little bit more smarter than my Godzilla, so uh, <laughs> picked up those. Um, but can we just talk about quickly the shipping to Canada? Oh, my why, goodness. Why is it that if you ship to Alaska – it's cheaper than if you ship to Can- Calgary or Toronto. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Like, you ship to the U.S., it's not that much further to ship from, like, Montana to Calgary or from Buffalo to Toronto. Detroit why, to Toronto. <laughs> right? Like, why are we paying, like, double shipping? Like, what's going on here? You know what? I, I agree with you. I went through the same thing in this kind of state of collecting depression that I was in over the weekend <laughs> is yeah. I hopped on eBay. I won't buy anything off eBay because you can get a good deal. I can get a, a figure or whatever for 14 20 bucks, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. The shipping is $35, $25. It's oh, yeah. killer. I, don't, I can't use eBay. Mm-hmm. in canada because yeah it's just not economic you're doubling up whatever you're buying if not more if i buy a 14 dollar figure i gotta yeah. pay 22 dollars to ship it yeah doesn't make any sense so I, I don't know what's going on but there is one hack that i do use once in a while is that my wife's family lives on the west coast of canada mm-hmm. not too mm-hmm. far away from the states so they all have peel boxes in the states Ooh smart and so you can ship to that p.o box and then once in a while my mother-in-law will drive down and grab stuff or if we're over there we'll drive down just for a couple hours go to the p.o box grab stuff come back and it's like a 20 minute drive oh wow yeah so it's it's pretty good but i i don't like bugging my family to go and <laughs> you know can you go pick up a figure for me so right. when i do it it's got to be a big big order yeah yeah but yeah i yeah. agree with you it's killer man I think we should, all three of us should just pitch at a house in the U.S., just anywhere, and then we could just ship it there and then have a forwarding address to one of our houses. Do you know what would be awesome about that? It's eventually probably cheaper than the shipping. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) In about five years, it'll pay for itself. Exactly. Oh, wild. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But other than that, um, I put up on Twitter um, one of my favorite steelbooks of all time, Dumbo. Like This steelbook looks phenomenal. They did a tremendous job giving you that circus vibe. Now, I didn't see the film in theaters. Um, Tim Burton, is he's hit or miss for me, So, but I'm excited to see it. Um, picked it up. I'm, I'll watch, those, uh, watch that with my daughter. So I'm excited to see Dumbo, you know, adding to my Disney Steelbook collection. Nice. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for me. What about you, Tim the Tool Man? Oh, you know I love it when you call me that. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, my, my week was... It was it was a kind of a downer when it comes to collecting because I find myself really out there making that that big attempt. I had my daughter with me a couple of times to try to find some of these far from home figures to find this new yeah. Endgame Wave Two. Nothing, not the yeah. the shelves are so barren. But yeah. I did find some salvation at my local comic book shop. They nice. he did have the Spider Man Far From Home Home Wave. Now he didn't have the Mysterio, but what he does, which is awesome 
is that he'll get, and we've talked about case pack ratios before, but how, mm-hmm. depending on how they ship, you can kind of predict what figure is going to go fast. In this Far From Home wave, there is the Spider-Man. No Build-A-Figure piece in it. The black suit Spider-Man, or the black and red suit, I should say, not black suit. You and got me excited like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's double packed in the case. And so what he does is he'll sell the Mysterio for 40 Mm-hmm. Retail price is normally about 30 but he'll sell all the doubled-up figures for 20 or less. Oh, okay. So it evens out. It's what evens out there. But it's great for when you want it. Like, and I'm going to go back and do this. He's got the cap, the quantum suit cap. Now mm-hmm. that you got me the other head swaps. Yep. He's selling that for 18 bucks, oh. which you can't go wrong with. So oh. you're able to army build a bit, and you're able to get some of the other figures at a bit of a discount, supporting your local. So I did pick up the Spider-Man. I threw this up on Instagram as well. I did pick up the black and red suit Spider-Man from there. And that, that kind of filled that void for me a little bit, made me feel <laughs> a little bit better. And then I did pull the trigger on two Black Panther figures from Dorkside Toys. Not the four, which I should have. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed here, that we're going to get a shelf reset here in the not-too-distant future. We're going to see some of these other figures hitting the pegs because I just need to get my fix in. Like I'm, I'm feeling a bit antsy. Got that plastic anxiety <laughs> rolling up on me here, man. Man, it's, a good thing is not, you're not a DC fan. Like, <laughs> we got nothing for Aquaman. I saw two Shazam figures. Like, Aquaman made over a billion dollars at the box office, and you can't tell me we don't even get an Aquaman. Not like the cheap toys, but like the proper multiverse line. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy when you think yeah. about it that they don't have that merch pumping out for Mattel there. It's 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 and, a big missing spot, a big blind oh, yeah. spot in, in DC right now. Well, what they do have is kind of cool, but I haven't seen this up in Canada, is um, they're doing like some retro figures. Oh, nice. So I've seen like uh, Val Kilmer's Batman Forever. Uh, there is uh, Penguin, Danny DeVito's Penguin, and a Heath Ledger Joker. But I haven't seen any of those up here. So they're cool, but they're inaccessible. Yeah, you're going to have to go uh, online for those ones. Unfortunately, I'll try Dorkside Toys. They may have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I looked at show. Target, didn't have, looked at Walmart. Walmart didn't have much, actually. Walmart was empty in the States. Target had way more. The only thing Walmart had was those Funko Pop Spider-Mans. Yeah. Yeah, that was about it. Like, it was it was way emptier. Target was a lot more stuff. Target had stuff for, like, I didn't even know they made figures for. They had, like, uh, what was it? I think it was, like, Men in Black or, like, oh, something really? like that. Yeah, or, like, Jurassic Park figures still. Like, I was like, what? They made these figures? Get the, the Men in Black at that Chris Hemsworth head swap. <laughs> yeah. The That's the Thompson, too. There you go. Oh, yeah. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the only other thing I did this weekend, I went and saw Toy Story 4 with uh, the little one. Nice. How did it go? It was, you know what? It's a, it's a great film. There's a few moments in there, especially now that I have kids that are real tearjerkers yeah. for me. And being, you know, kind of a toy guy, you know, two daughters, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it kind of hit home. It's a, it's yeah. a great sequel to the whole saga i guess now of toy story it's always the fear with when you get into four and that is that the quality would degrade so much Mm -hmm. that it's a far cry from that really solid trilogy that they produce that pixar produced there but this you know ranks up there with with some of the best it it felt like a more personalized story for for woody Mm -hmm. than anything and buzz kind of takes a back seat in it all but it's great it's worth a watch if you got little ones, definitely take them. If not, wait till the Disney Plus streaming service and all that or Blu-ray, Steelbooks, whatever. It's definitely worth it. So, yeah, it's it's great. It's not going to help me much, though, in the uh, the box office <laughs> fantasy draft. It's doing really well. Yeah. But I did some ran some numbers last night, yeah. and 
with Troy now having Hobbs and Shaw and Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home, which is inevitably going to do gangbusters at the box office. Of course. I'm going to need, domestically, I'm going to need The Rise of Skywalker to do well over a billion dollars domestically. <laughs> it has to be a record-breaking film for me to even come close to Troy. Well, Force <laughs> Awakens was close to that. See, there's still hope. There, Yeah, there is a, a small shred of hope, but I don't <laughs> really think it's going to do record-breaking numbers. Like, exceeding the force away i don't yeah. think it's gonna get there but that's just funny i'll throw up the uh the polls and all that in the the graph up on twitter here after just so you can guys can see how far away and it's funny sonny you're still kicking back when for lion oh, king yeah. to debut yeah i got lion king and the you know new trailer for jumanji oh, 3 yes. so and yeah if you go back and listen to our episode where we do do the box office fantasy draft i yeah. question whether or not jumanji 3 is actually going to come out the trailer yeah. it looks fantastic it looks like, great I, yeah this franchise you know what it's i love the original jumanji jumanji yeah. 2 was a pleasant surprise absolutely and this one looks like that they've done enough with the script because the fear was that it was just going to be some sort of recreation of two right yeah. trying to capture that yeah. same feeling but they've gone a different angle similar angle but with different characters and the embodiment mm -hmm. of who the rock is and kevin Hart. it's yeah. it's so good what they've done <laughs> and how they've evolved the characters oh, yeah. in the film to make them not seem like it's just a rehash of what they did last time to make almost a billion dollars oh yeah like diane devito's in it um yeah. danny glover it's great man this is i you know i'm gonna be pleasantly surprised i think this will do well over 300 mil it's gonna do Again. very well it's it's yeah. competing against stores but it did that last time and it did just yeah. fine and it's the rock it's kevin hart it's, yeah. Oh, it's looking awesome. So. Oh yeah. See, so there's still hope for me. I mean, I got some. Uh, well, there's. Some big you have to be out. the only hope because I am. <laughs> I don't have a chance. <laughs> we could combine our tally. That's gonna be the the eventual plan here. Is yeah. We will bring Troy down. I did see him. He threw up on Instagram today on our Instagram account, not the Nerdram. He threw up the the trophy. So he's rubbing in our faces. Oh, a I bit. see how it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I actually think uh, next year is gonna be quite interesting because there's no clear front runners like this year. We were like, okay. These are the top three films. For sure, it's going to be Avengers, Star Wars, Lion King. Next year, there's going to be some debate. Like Next year is going to be a very good box office draft. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So you guys can tune in in early 2020. Six, <laughs> six months from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of now about the box office a little bit here, we got to touch a little bit on Avengers Endgame and the re-release mm -hmm. globally. There was a little bit of fan backlash Oh, really? People a bit upset and perturbed with how Avengers Endgame was re-released in the theaters. Now, my opinion, I put this up on Twitter, is as advertised, it said you can get a poster. It's going to have an unfinished scene that they're going to take at the end. It's going to have introduction, and you got to see some Spider-Man Far From Home stuff. And cool. so people were online saying, you know, the extra scene wasn't enough. This was a complete waste of money. This is just a cash grab. Of course it was a cash grab. <laughs> yeah. This was literally to beat Avatar. <laughs> yeah, there's no other reason. Like, 100%. Well, Downey, if you go onto his Instagram and Twitter, he was literally promoting the film like, records will fall. Come on, help <laughs> yeah. us beat the... You know what I mean? So yeah. to me, anyone walking into this for the three hours plus whatever it is, yeah. you know what you're getting into. This is, again, one of the biggest films of all time. This mm -hmm. is an incredible film. And if you're going to go spend $20, go because you want to rewatch the film, not because of this deleted yeah. scene. Apparently, and again, spoilers for those that don't want to know what the scene is. I'm sure we'll see it grabs. on the Blu-ray here in a month or so. <laughs> yeah, grabs. But it's just a, a, an unfinished Hulk scene. 
Oh, that's it. And it's apparently I've seen the graphics on online, and it's just people are uh, equating it to PS2 type graphics. Like it's very oh, very okay. early stages Hulk stuff. Yeah. And yeah. people are saying it's not that because there's rumored that there's a scene with Stark and an older daughter where mm-hmm. he goes kind of into the sort of the soul plane or whatever you want to call it, and they have a brief discussion, you know, after he kind of snaps and dies. Right. Which right. is really cool. But yeah. people were expecting that. And I think early on they debunked that that's not going to be it. So mm-hmm. it's to me, guys, you got just everyone's got to relax about it. You know, yeah. just accept it for what it is. And the funniest story I have out of actually the whole weekend is so we roll up to see Toy Story 4 and mm-hmm. they have a poster up the uh, We Love You 3000 poster with the Infinity Gauntlet or the Nano Gauntlet that they had up on there. Right. And right. Cool poster. I said yeah. to the guy, I said, Hey, guy, buddy, Cineplex guy, do you have any more of those posters? And he looks at me and goes, Sir. That's a digital poster. We haven't what? had Endgame posters since April. And what? I was like, uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> and like, all I can think of was in my head, like, dude, bro, I know <laughs> that's a digital poster. <laughs> and you have no idea what you're talking about because those posters should have came out yesterday. Like, yeah, I just yeah. kind of just said, thank you. You have no clue what I'm talking about. So I'm not even going to bother yeah. with this. Yeah. But it was just the way he said it. And I was with a, a buddy and his daughter and he just looked at me like, uh like it was i was like come on man of course i know it's a digital poster but oh okay i thought it was like like in the frame and they like digitally put it on no it's so just like a tv screen with a poster on it, oh okay because right? because i was like whoa is that like how advanced i was like first digital movies now digital posters like they're taking away my you just plug it in your usb stick and just yank the poster off no, i was already that. starting like the angry fan protest online like <laughs> Digital posters are taking over, man. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but with the Endgame re-release, mm-hmm. it still is $22 million shy of Avengers Endgame. It did make about $8 million globally, so it saw quite a bump, a substantial bump yeah. from this re-release, but not quite enough to get it over that threshold for the official biggest movie of all time. Now, my opinion, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, I think they're going to re-release this at some point to get that $22 million tally and get over avatar they now sit at 2.765 billion dollars worldwide and they got to get to 2.787 billion dollars worldwide to top that avatar so i'm assuming we'll see this kind of fizzle out in theaters but yeah. they will my prediction they will re-release this within the year or early next year to get it up over that, that that's, well how much did uh downey make off endgame like 50 million so donate no, half 75 that. Million. 75 million. So give him 25 million. Boom, it's number one. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure Don's got down. other other plans for that money, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not getting that Iron Man check anymore. No, yeah, he's got to really save up. He's going to have a hard life here. Well, so. he's in uh, Dr. Doolittle, so, you know, that's going to be... Yeah, I think they're doing make... Sherlock 3 as well. Oh, I actually like the Sherlock films. Yeah, so I think Downey will be just fine. <laughs> Started GoFundMe for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, poor he's, guy. Like, he's like, I don't, I don't need the money. What are you talking about? It's good. Just donate to Endgame. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's talk about some DC extended. Finally, stuff. that's the only Finally, reason why I'm yes. on here. Yeah, I mean, once once we're done, I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna we, take it by yourself. We get this these waves of DC stuff. Mm-hmm. It seems it's not. Like Marvel seems Star Wars maybe a bit less so, but relatively consistent. But I find on yeah. this podcast especially is that sometimes we go weeks without talking DC because there's just nothing out there. But we finally got some insight into a few of the next movies that are coming down for the DC Extended Universe. And one of them is the Flash movie. We're getting mm-hmm. a new director apparently, or they're in early stages of negotiation with mm-hmm. Andy Musichetti. 
I have no idea if I said that right, but uh, he's, yeah, he, it sounds right. Yeah, probably. He's the guy behind Stephen King's adaptation of it as Terrific. well as it chapter two, which comes out this year. Mm-hmm. So he's in talks to direct this flash film. Now this isn't the first time we've seen a directorial change in the flash film. We're upwards of three or four at this point. Yeah. It's gotta be a record right now. Like I, I don't remember a film this public going through developmental hell. You know what I mean? Like normally that's like behind the scenes, but this has been very public. Yes, very much so. And now they have a new scriptwriter as well. So the Bumblebee scriptwriter. Yeah, so who also pre- wrote uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, exactly. So consistently there, consistency there, that is awesome. And the script that was originally in place, not really in place, but it was proposed, was Ezra Miller himself, the, the man starring as Flash. He and Grant Morrison put together a much darker version of a Flash film, submitted it to Warner Brothers. They passed on that. And that's led to kind of this revamping of a director as well as a writer in this. So they're trying, at least the good sign is here. Yes, they might be going through some turbulence behind the scenes. The good sign is here is they're trying to find the right people for the job. They're not just mm-hmm. spitting out something random, right? It's, yeah. you know, getting a good story in place and getting a good director in place. Now, the interesting bit about this is that Flash, he did take a bit more of the comedic end in Justice mm-hmm. League. And people have pitched, Ezra Mill himself, a darker end of it. What what way do you think they're going to go? Because you look at the director, horror director, kind of the yeah. darker end of things. And you've yeah. got a writer here who contributed to Bumblebee as well as Birds of Prey. Stuff that are lighter in tone. Uh, there well, are we'll some darker to, stuff. We'll get, to, we'll get to Birds of Prey in a minute here. But uh, so um, originally, the two of the directors from uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, so they actually uh, wrote this screenplay. And I think they did another like comedy. Oh, Game Night. They did Game Night as okay. well. So so they, they wrote this film and they made it more comedic. And Ezra Miller was like, no, nah, I don't really think that's the direction we should take it. So he wrote that darker Flash script, as you said. And then WB passed on that, but they still liked uh, Ezra Miller's idea to go darker. And so that's why they reached into the horror universe to bring in uh, Andy. I'm just going to call him Andy. (laughs) So they bring in Andy. And so the whole point is uh, to keep Ezra Miller happy. Um, So they're going to do it a little bit darker, keep that DCEU connection going, uh, build off of that. So I definitely think uh, they will go a little bit darker with this, which, which I think, you know, is a good thing. Um, DC's known for like their darker stuff and uh you know we have so many like lighter stuff I, I'd love to see Flash like a dark like you know it'd be tough to do time travel now that Endgame has come out and kind of done that and it'd be so close so they might have to like just tease it for the sequel you know let that marinate in the public consciousness for a couple of years um but you could you could do so many cool things like Flash has a TV series going uh he's had comics for like 75 years and like Man, it, you know, it'd be it'd be something different. We haven't seen that kind of speedster get their own movie. Like, yeah, we've seen Quicksilver and X-Men, but he's only like in one or two scenes. And everyone always says those are the best scenes of that movie. And Flash's scenes in Justice League were pretty cool as well. Like the yeah, slow motion and stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, of course, I'm excited. It's a DC property that's finally getting off the ground. Yeah, but exactly. as I said, who knows if this is the right one. As you said, it's the fourth or fifth director. So... Man, I don't know. I just I just want to see a Flash movie because I really think, you know, a Flash movie comes out, it does well. Wonder Woman's doing well. Aquaman's doing well. You really like building the building blocks for Justice League 2. Yeah, eventually I think we will get there. And it's about putting the right people in place to do this. This guy seems to be fairly well established. He's bringing along his sister, mm-hmm. which is also his producing partner. So again, you're bringing in a tandem, a pair 
to actually craft this film universe i'm going to call it not the dc extended universe but what mm-hmm. they seem to be doing is is slowly concentrating around individuals before they kind of build out so kind of almost going back and doing more of the phased approach where you kind yeah. of build those individual universes out first establish the characters and i'm mm-hmm. happy about this and i agree with you that this doesn't have to be a comedy per se mm-hmm. but it does have to take notes i think from the character that they established in Justice League, which wasn't the brooding dark type character. No. Ezra Miller, I don't know, and I don't I haven't seen him in a lot of things. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of him in the role. But mm. we'll see what he can do with it. And I think if they go a little sideways with the story and don't do the expected almost like Shazam route, if you will, with yeah. Flash and do something a little different tonally, I think he can really latch onto that and deliver something on his screen. So very exciting to see what's going on here with Flash that the momentum's starting to build behind it. But oh man, like, do you have any thoughts on Ezra Miller? Yeah, man. So like Ezra Miller, I, I was with you. You know, I saw Justice League and I was like, yeah, you know, he was a Flash, but he wasn't like the Flash I was kind of expecting. But then like hearing him in interviews talking and he's been reading a ton of Flash comics you know, writing that script with Grant Morrison and just like hearing him talk about the Flash, he seems to have a real passion for the character. So, I mean, that's what you need. And, you know, Justice League, that whole production was like a gong show. It was a mess. No one, you know, they were put, they were not put in a position to succeed. And so Ezra Miller included. So getting a fresh start, a director, a writer, I think he could really, you know, do some good things with his role. Yeah. It's exciting to see. And, that's the thing, and that's the point that you want to you want to put out there is that it feels like Ezra Miller is connecting to this character and mm-hmm. owning the character, which is where we've seen the characters in the MCU be successful. Is that you have Absolutely. someone shepherding that character as their own through the universe, contributing mm-hmm. from a a creative perspective, from a writing perspective, and then just really embodying that character. And if that's the direction we're going with Ezra Miller, I'm fully on board with that. So very exciting stuff there. And also we got Birds of Prey. Now we mentioned the writer yeah. already, and this yeah. film is is gaining that momentum. We've seen some posters. With the uh, emancipation of one Harley Quinn, uh, all this. yeah, so looks pretty cool. Exactly, really exciting stuff. And you fired me over an article here today, so you want to kind of run through what we're seeing yeah. from Birds of Prey here? Yeah. So just some uh, high level stuff. So there was some test screenings going on. This comes out in February. Some of the highlights. Um, this is going to be a hard R film. Um, t- lots of action, lots of violence. Um, people were really praising um, Obi Wan himself, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Uh, saying his Black Mask is the best villain in the DCEU, even saying, uh, going as far to say better than Zod from Man of Steel. So yeah. high praise indeed for Ewan McGregor. And then Harley Quinn as well, they say she kills it. And Black Canary got a lot of praise as well. So, you know, there's a lot to be excited with this film. And it's one of those smaller ones, again, that DC kind of did. I think the budget's around, you know, 75, 50 million. So... You know, it doesn't need a lot for it to be mega successful. No, and this is one of those films that could really catch us off guard next year. Oh, yeah. That, you know, when the first, I remember talking about the title when it first came out being like, this can't be real. This has got to be some <laughs> sort of publicity stunt. Yeah. And you see now the momentum, the, you know, getting Hugh McGregor on. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting positive test screening. This, this to me right now, to be honest with you, when you're talking that through, this yeah. feels to me... That's gonna have, and I don't want to relate this directly to Suicide Squad, but this has a similar vibe that Guardians had. Yeah, I think at the early onset, it's like this. This okay, is a yeah. crazy concept. Like, who is yeah. gonna buy into this? Right now, you're going hard R with it, which is quite different from from Guardians. But I'm talking <laughs> about in the sense of the way that Suicide Squad was supposed to be. 
Yeah. I think the the original one here. To me, that you're getting that it's gonna fly under the radar here for a long time, then all of a sudden it's gonna mm-hmm. be like, Wow, look at this film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like to me, Suicide Squad, if it was like twenty percent better, it would be fifty percent better, if that <laughs> makes any sense. You know, like it just had to like tighten up some small stuff. Yeah. Story-wise, but like the bones were there, the actors were terrific, the soundtrack was great, the aesthetic, the neon, the greens, everything. Like Arkham Asylum, seeing Batman cameo, seeing Flash cameo, like oh, it was you know, there's some like stuff that I would change that would make it like a completely better film. And I think Birds of Prey maybe learned that lesson yeah. from Suicide Squad. And I think a lot of that you know doesn't fall on the director. I think WB kind of panicked a little bit. And I think with new leadership, they're kind of like, no, like Suicide Squad, we had a good product. We kind of meddled with it. Let's let Birds of Prey. We trust the director. We trust the writer. We trust the actresses and the actors. So I'm excited for Birds of Prey. You know, I, you know, are you talking about the box office, uh, uh, box office fantasy draft next year? You know, th- I could see this film going top five, top six. Like it's Ooh, not I don't unheard know about of. That, but yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna. You just playing coy with me so that way you'll take it like second overall or something just yeah. to mess with me well to be honest with you for all for all of you that listened and i did a ton of research and i failed miserably so what do i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> crazy stuff well it's good to hear that dc extended universe continues to build that momentum we talked a couple weeks ago about wonder woman 84 really mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing a trailer for that unfortunately we're not going to see though anything from wb at sccc 2019 this year and it seems like a really odd year and we're talking a little bit before the podcast about the death of san diego comic-con 2019 yeah. from the film perspective now we're still gonna get the comics you know, the tv mm-hmm. stuff the action figures books everything so to me sccc is becoming more on that gaming yeah. and less on the films because this year sony universal as well as wb now wb usually brings the heat with the dc extended universe and they have yeah. the passes where they made some of their biggest announcements including batman vs superman the justice mm-hmm. league bringing footage it was some of the stuff that they announced there and really taken a hold of as marvel studios stepped back from that as being their platform that void was filled, that vacuum was filled by WB. But now with Sony out, you know, they got nothing to promote in the kind of nerd world as far as superhero stuff because Far From Home is going to be out, you know, Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse don't Universal nothing, WB nothing. Now Marvel was apparently going to step in and fill some of that space. We're looking at the 50th anniversary of SDCC this year, actually. So they're coming back in a big way with many panels. A lot of us expected that we're going to get a Hall H Marvel Studios panel. If you go back to the early part of 2000, what was it? 2006, I believe, when Feige first sat down and kind of pointed out, hey, guys, you know what? We have Captain America. (laughs) We have Thor. We have Iron Man. We have Hulk. What does that add up to? Yeah. Avengers. And that's where the seeds were sowed for the Marvel Cinematic Universe was at San Diego Mm Comic-Con. Now, that was 13 years ago, whatever it was crazy amount of time so a lot of time has passed and marvel studios has become a behemoth in the interim all the way through that and now they do their own events but it looks like they are sitting this one out as well because marvel the entertainment they release their official panel schedule now you go mm-hmm. to marvel and see the exact timing on everything but the big panels are going to be marvel comics marvel tv games marvel animation and marvel new media i don't know what marvel new media means i don't know is that the streaming service potentially maybe going oh that's a good point i didn't really think about that when i read this potentially 
Yeah. So we may be okay. Okay, I can I could buy into that. Yeah, but yeah. The big thing that they've earmarked here on the website, at least, is the first ever Hall H presentation for Marvel Television flagship show, Agents of Shield. So that Ooh. is the big thing that Marvel's bringing to Hall H. Now, I am a fan of Agents of Shield. I am about a season great. and a half behind. It deserves the praise it gets. It's a it's a great. Now with the multiverse, we can call it a great you know alternate universe story of shields. Right. If we don't want to interconnect at all, but it doesn't, it pales in comparison to a big film slate announcement or a big mm-hmm. first trailer reveal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this show is ongoing right now. It's not like they're showing new things. This show is halfway through the season, I believe. Oh, really? So we're so building that's towards, weird. this is the final season. So we're building towards the end. So it's a bit of a, a farewell, if you will, for the cast at SDCC 2019. They're doing signings and all that. But okay. again, coming back to the idea that, it, there's not and this new media might be something you might have a point there but when you're looking at the film universe side of things sdcc is going to be fairly quiet it's going to yeah. be about the marvel legends the black series the comic book announcements there's a hickman panel in here specifically Ooh. around what he's building in the x-men there's a spider-man comics panel so there's going to be a lot of stuff for us to talk about but it's not so focused in the film universe now let's go back to your idea that you had before we started recording about the death sdcc with regards not to the, the convention itself but with regards to film media being presented there do you think this is a temporary thing or is this something that we're gonna see in the long term for SCCC? you know i'm not sure because i had to think why is this going away in the first place like to me it seemed very successful like as you said you go back many years you created buzz you know like there'd be tons of articles who won SDCC? Yeah. Who had the best trailer? And if you had if you had a good trailer, you know you got a lot of buzz. If you had a bad trailer, it pretty much killed your property. I mean, I'm thinking King Arthur. Mm-hmm. That film came out. The trailer, everyone's like, this is supposed to spawn eight films, and it didn't even spawn two. You know, <laughs> uh, that trailer just got lost in the shuffle, and nothing happened after that. So maybe studios are like, you know what? I don't want to be lost in the noise. I, I'll, you know, Disney has D23. They can release their own stuff whenever, you know, whenever they want. Uh, WB, maybe they're just kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, why would you just think of WB's perspective here? So you have Wonder Woman 84 coming out, but that doesn't come out till June of next year. Yeah. So what's the point in releasing stuff over a year or, you know, a year in advance? People will just forget about it. And then I guess you have Joker coming out, so they could definitely maybe drop a trailer, but a lot of those trailers just make their way online now. Oh, so, like immediately. Yeah, right? So, I mean, what's the point in like paying to have the hall, paying to have Hall H? I'm sure it's not cheap to do in San Diego for a Comic-Con. So maybe they're just like, you know what? Let's forget it, man. Let's just, if we're going to post anything, we'll just post it online two weeks after and yeah, not have to pay for it. And the thing, the thing that bothers me, though, about it is that I've never made it down to San Diego Comic-Con. You have. I know yeah. Steve Kirk, good friend of the show, and good personal friend, I will say as well. He he lives in San Diego, so of course mm-hmm. he goes to this. But right. it's kind of sad for me on the film yeah. side of things because that to me that's that fanfare, that's that anticipation. You know, I right. get. I remember every. I'm always usually away on vacation during this, yeah. and I'm just on my phone. My wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "This <laughs> is the biggest, one of the biggest days of the year, the Friday and Saturday." Oh like, I, yeah, I gotta tune into this. And I just get so excited. But you're right when you look at things is that if you are on the Friday and you release a trailer, it gets lost because it gets buried by Saturday trailers. 
Yeah. And so what Disney's done is they they do their own thing. Marvel does their own thing. Maybe it's time for Sony or Universal, WB, to do their mm-hmm. own things. But right. you find more commonly than not that these things just get released in quarterly calls with regards to the, the parent companies, right? Right. And so they're just like, yeah, we're gonna we have an, an Venom twos coming out on they're whatever like, date. Venom? And there'll be a trailer tonight. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? And so it's just you don't get that hype, that build behind it. And yeah. that's what you want is that 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 social media buzz. Yeah. And it's but, there for the taking this year. I mean, if Disney were to just come in, not that they need it, but if they were to just come in and say, Okay, everyone's saying this one out, here's what we have. Here's our slate. Okay, we have um Black Widow, we have the Eternals, we have Shang Chi, we have all this stuff. You know, that would be the talk of hollywood for weeks and the talk of nerddom for weeks it is but they may they again it's they have their own show d23 they're gonna drive out from there and realistically i'd like to see marvel studios do the same thing they did when they released the phase three slate and Mm. they just had their own event it was this whole thing yeah right and that's what i want to see more of but do you need it here like there's some absolutely fantastic moments if you go into the youtube archives of san diego Mm -hmm. comic-con I remember yeah. Iron Man 3, Downey coming down, having the glove on. I remember for yeah. Thor The Dark World, Loki, or Tom oh, Hiddleston yeah. coming on stage yeah. as Loki and giving this whole big Loki speech. Yeah. And then when they first assembled the Avengers in right. what, it been yeah. 2011 with Joss, when they announced Joss Whedon. Yeah. It, like those are moments that I will never forget watching them online and then bring out saying, you know, here's Captain America, Chris Evans, here's Chris Evans. You know what? It was. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. The first time they had them all in the same place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, even like a personal story for me going to Hall H for yeah. Fox's panel, I got in like five minutes late and it was Kingsman 2. And they showed us like the first five minutes of the film or first eight minutes of the film. And it was so cool to be like one of the first people to see that and be like, I saw this and like, uh, no one really else has, yeah. you know? And, it's uh, cool. I just remember like sitting there and then it was the Fox panel and they didn't say anything about X-Men or Fantastic Four and people were speculating online and I was like, well, I missed the first 10 minutes. So I turned to the guy next to me and I'm like, uh, did they mention anything about Fantastic Four or X-Men? The guy was so depressed. He's like, no. And he just looks so sad. I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, you go on a Fox panel, you think of something, but yeah, I mean, you know, even, even something as Kingsman too, like that made my day and I got like a t-shirt an orange t-shirt with like a fake like yeah. a tuxedo that i still wear all the time so <laughs> i mean I, we're, we're talking about it but like when's the last time someone brought up kingsman 2 you know but the hall h experience everyone everyone has something special and i was happy that i got to see it but i heard that wb said they're going back next year hopefully. so hopefully fingers crossed it, fingers that you get that momentum yeah. behind this again and because this is always a debate for us right is you know i mm-hmm. bought my tickets for celebration but I gotta we gotta make the pilgrimage at some point down to SCCC, yeah. but you want I want it to have a at least a film presence. You know whether or not we get Absolutely. the whole age is one thing, but yeah. just having that opportunity to do it instead of mm-hmm. having all these studios sit out. So I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting. We're gonna watch this develop over the next couple of weeks, and we're gonna do kind of our prelude to SCCC 2019 after our homecoming or not homecoming, far from home review. So, yeah, we're going to keep our finger on the pulse here. And there's going to be lots to talk about. Like I said, between the comics and the action figures, we're going to have two episodes worth of content here. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this. But we got to get into the last topic before we throw it to future Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos for our Spider-Man Far From Home spoiler-free first reactions out of the theater. We got to get your predictions, though, before we get into any of that. So, Sanjay, let's do it. we're going to do as in-depth as we did last week. But I'm going to ask you, 
right now, sitting here, we are about less than 24 hours out from seeing Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home. Troy should be exiting the theater in about half an hour or so, 45 minutes. He'll probably have some sort of massive grin across his face. But how are you <laughs> yeah. feeling right now? How's your anticipation level for, for Far From Home? Coming off the back of Endgame this year, we're picking up Spider-Man. We're driving forward, end of phase three, mm-hmm. getting what I've called continuously the epilogue to Avengers Endgame. How, how are you feeling about this right now? Honestly, this this film kind of snuck up on me a little bit. Um, you know, coming off Endgame, there's a ton of films coming up. You know, I've been busy here at home and at work, so uh, this film kind of snuck up. But it wasn't. It was today when I just like at work and I was like, "Hey, uh, Far From Home comes out today," and I'm like, "We get to see a Spider-Man film tomorrow." Like, Spider-Man has always been kind of my favorite marvel character so like to get to see a film tomorrow that's something that just snuck up on me like that's a great surprise to have yeah it's awesome uh, yeah so my anticipation level like as of right now is really high like man like i still remember camping out for spider-man 3 i still remember like going to the theater for spider-man 1 and 2 and amazing spider-man both of them like i haven't missed a spider-man film in theaters yet and i'm i'm excited to keep the streak going that's oh, awesome i like What's your thoughts on Homecoming? Were you a big fan of it, like Troy? Do you have a like, continuous loop in the house? <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I'm a fan of any film as Troy is of Homecoming. Like no. he's probably seen that film more than I've probably seen. Like I don't even know, seen like <laughs> my reflection in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked it, uh, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember coming out of the theater. There's a lot of stuff that I liked, particularly Michael Keaton. I thought he was great. I thought Tom Holland. I was like, hey, this kid is Spider Man. And some of the other stuff I really liked. Um, if where would I put it in the MCU rankings? Probably top, like top half, maybe top quarter for sure. It was a really good film. Um, but uh, yeah, like as I said, it's not one that I've seen recently. I just haven't had the time to rewatch it. But I remember I, I've seen it. I think only the one time, and I really had like. I really did like it coming out of it, so I think I'm due for a rewatch. Definitely, definitely. I rewatched it the other day, and it is yeah. quite good, quite good. Nice. Now, now, Mysterio is is a villain we know from the comic books, mm-hmm. but the trailers have portrayed him more as a hero. Yeah. Do you think that Mysterio is the true villain of this film going into it, or are they going to twist this character around and give him some longevity in the MCU and have him as either an anti-hero? or even a hero no what he's thoughts on this? He's, he's the villain he's so? the villain yeah absolutely i mean you look at the uh villains that they have in the film like molten man hydra man i don't even know what the third is like man man or i don't even know but uh, <laughs> uh yeah mysterio is definitely the villain he's the one pulling the strings you know he's known for his special effects i think they just take it up to the nth degree yeah because if you, you watch like the animated series he, he had like those cubes that he would throw and they wouldn't be like anything that elaborate. They'd be like, oh, you're in like you're falling or like you're an African safari now. But I think like in this one, he's able to like conjure up uh, stuff that, you know, they can actually destroy stuff and affect our world. So I think they like up his powers. But I definitely think he's the villain. I mean, okay. there's no way he's not. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, terrific actor. But I don't see him. I don't see him being like Mysterio in the foreseeable future where like 10 films down the road. And he's like Tom Hiddleston, where he's just popping in and out as Loki. I, I don't see that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, when we're speaking about villains here, one of the things that was kind of left hanging, I don't know if you remember this from Homecoming, was the sale of Avengers Tower. That's right. That's right. 
do you think they're going to pick that up in here? And do you think it's going to relate to a particular family or another villain, a more prominent villain, the villain in the Spider-Man universe? I'm trying to oh, kind of lead you yeah. on here. What do you, what do you think yeah. about the presence of, of uh, Norman Osborn? I think, uh, I think Norman Osborn's going to buy it. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Do you think we're going to see him in this film? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who they would cast because they would have to keep it a secret and it would have to be a big name because he's a he's a big deal, right? Oh yeah. They couldn't just cast like Johnny off the street to be Norman Osborn. They'd have to be like Johnny on the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would have to be a big name. It would have to be a big name, and you know, and maybe they keep it a secret. I mean, heck, we didn't even know Robert Downey Jr. was going to be an Incredible Hulk. That's true. They kept I, I that know. a secret. I agree. We talked about this last week a little bit, but we both agree that Osborn is going to be in this film in some capacity, not in yeah. any villain sense, but he will be introduced. I think. And so I'll be yeah. shocked if he's not. Hopefully he doesn't have that weird disease. They made up in amazing oh, yeah. Spider-Man too. Like goblin disease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was not a good film. <laughs> now we've got two more things for you to lay down your predictions on here right, before we sign off and sign over to our future selves here. Let's do uh, let's do post credit scene first before we do box okay. office. What's your prediction for a post credit scene? Now, to give you some context online, there's a lot of buzz around this, and now we've we've seen this and we've heard this before about buzz, and it was really nothing in the films. But this one, being that we don't know what's coming next in the MCU, mm-hmm. so it's hard to tease for that. But, yeah. But what do you think is going to be the post credit scene, the meaningful post credit scene? Because usually oh, we have two, right? Um, we have a meaningful yeah. one, and we have kind of a toss away. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to go oh man. You know, I, you know, just off the top of my head, I'm going to do something like a like a message or like a farewell message from Tony to Peter. Okay. Yeah, kind of like a private message that like Peter just watches where he's just like I'm proud of you son and like you know, you're 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 the new Iron Man now kind of thing. Like you're the new it'll be like a passing of the torch kind of like so like Robert Downey Jr. spearheaded the MCU for the first 22 films. It's like now you are the Iron Man of the MCU going forward. That's good. Actually, it's a bit more yeah. realistic than some of the ones I tossed out there. But <laughs> it's funny because when we talked about this idea of Peter Parker becoming the new Tony, it was yeah. more less about him being Iron Man and more mm-hmm. about him being kind of the heart, if you will, or the soul right. of the MCU and kind of passing the torch in that sense. As opposed to being a literal, you were you are now Iron Man, or you are now <laughs> fill that void of the tech guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting because I had thrown out there that it was going to be either Tony Stark AI, like a message of some oh, sort. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was thinking more of something that would be a bit more of a continuum in the, in the story, okay. or Nick Fury coming out in a la Avenger or Iron Man number one and saying, you know, hey Peter, we're we're starting the new Avengers. Do you want to be a part of this team? Cool. Which yeah. Would be amazing. That- well, is Spider-Man part of the Avengers in the comics? Like, I was yep. trying to think. Yeah, He was pulled in during the Bendis era for the first time. Oh, okay. He was kind of in and out, I believe, earlier than that. But he became, like, a full member, I believe, in the... Oh, I, I know, in the Bendis era. So it was pretty yeah. cool. Cool, um, cool. But yeah, yeah no, box office. He was, in, uh, he was in Hickman's run, wasn't he? Because um, Wolverine was in it. I, th- I can't remember if Peter Parker was in here. We're missing our resident uh, Spider-Man expert. Yeah. Hickman <laughs> expert as well. So, yeah. Troy, that one's for you. We'll see. Yeah, future Troy. We'll ask him tomorrow <laughs> if we remember. Uh, right. Box office. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is weird because it's going to lose some weekend stuff because of Tuesday, Wednesday, and sure, Thursday. I don't know how we're going to calibrate this for the box office. Let's just uh, let's just assume we kind of did the three day 
last time. Right, right. But so maybe the three day. Okay. Um, you know, I'm gonna say about one sixty. One sixty. I think that's about what we were. I believe okay. I was in, I said one sixty five and I think Troy said one sixty. Oh, so I'm gonna change mine then. I'll say um I'll I'll say one dollar because it's closest without going over. Fair, fair. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. There, there it is. The prediction. Yeah. Sunday that has that has input here into to far from home. Now, guys, like we said at the start of this episode, this is where it's going to deviate a little bit from your regular scheduled review and programming. We're going to go to our future selves, our tomorrow selves. Oh my God, Far From Home was amazing. It was, it was so the good. best. Oh, yeah. can you believe that Peter Parker is actually a scroll? Oh man, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So when we hop on, we will be sure if we're going to talk spoilers, we'll try to do spoiler free and we'll see how excited we get about wanting to talk about this stuff. But yes, we are going to throw it to our future self. So it's going to feel a little disjointed, the episode here, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to doing that kind of live reaction. And Ooh, that's I just literally a like a brilliant I'm, idea. Well, I just thought of a brilliant idea. What if everyone that came back in Endgame was actually just scrolls that just morphed into humans to trick humans that they were back, but they never actually came back. Oh, that would be so amazing and so depressing for anyone <laughs> as well. That would be DC Universe. Yeah. <laughs> it was back. No, they're not. That emotional yeah. send-off, it wasn't. They're deader than before. <laughs> Everyone's back. Downey's back. Just kidding. It was a scroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we will be back, like I said earlier on, next week for our full chronological big breakdown review of Spider-Man Far From Home. What you're going to hear next is our live reactions. And literally... As you hear it, I'm going to be posting it. So it's going to be unedited, unfiltered, and it's literally going to be so, as we record. Should, it goes. To the I back should not of this swear during it, eh? Yeah, you should avoid all that. Should, <laughs> so, should I wear pants? Well, we're going to be in a restaurant, so we'll have a brew in front of well, us. Well, what kind of restaurant? I don't know. There's not many up there that are open that late. <laughs> hey, man, we're up in your stomping grounds. Yeah, that's right. So looking forward to hearing what our future selves has to say about Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm stoked. And we will turn it over to future us. Whoa, you look so much older, future Tim. Oh, you look good, though, man. You look good. <laughs> Thanks. I did my hair up for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, future Tim, Sanjay, Troy, Carlos, you right. are on. Thank you past Sanjay and Tim. We're here. We're at a bar. So I don't know how the noise is going to really go into the microphone here, but we're going to try to just lay down our live reactions here. Myself and Sanjay, we are joined now by one Troy, the boy, and Carlos, our dude here in Calgary. Very exciting. We're coming off of an amazing experience, another epic Marvel Cinematic Universe movie-going experience. I had a shit-eating grin across my face for the entirety of this film. Spider-Man Far From Home, guys, I'm telling you, it was absolutely incredible. The way that they developed Peter Parker, the way they weaved in the MCU into this so organically, so perfectly, I am riding this incredible MCU high right now. Now, what we're going to do here, guys, we're just going to pass the microphone around like we explained in yesterday's recording. And we're just going to give our general spoiler-free reactions. You kind of heard mine here. I am, I'm stoked. We're not going to get into too many details. Like we said earlier on, we're going to get into our full chronological breakdown of this film next week. So what I'm going to do here, 
before I give my full spoiler reaction, or spoiler-free reaction, I'm going to throw it to my left here, to my man Troy the Boy. This is, yes, exactly, my dude. This is the in-house Spider-Man expert. He has got two viewings under his belt. Man, I got to hear, how are you feeling about this? You've given this massive praise on Twitter, calling it better than Homecoming. After second viewing... I'm almost there with you. I am there with you, but I gotta hear it, man. Your general spoiler-free reactions for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, round two going down. This movie blew me away once again. It's probably my favorite solo MCU film of all time. I'll say it right now, but I won't drop the mic because I gotta continue talking here. But um, no, man. You know, for me, I feel if you're a casual audience, it's gonna hit home a lot. Um, all the little kids out there that were sitting behind me, both viewings, they were laughing, giggling, having a great time. And um, I gotta say, man, like this nails like the Peter Parker luck that he, you know, constantly um, struggles with all throughout the comic books. You got the costume nailed down, looking nice, looking mint. The web swinging looks great because we didn't have much web swinging last time. We we're pretty much in any MCU film. Um, the dialogue, the, the 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 back and forth banter was great. This is probably the strongest Spider-Man we've seen on film ever. Hands down, the action sequences were crazy real, and the visuals. For a lot of people that had issues um, with the last Homecoming film with the visuals, I feel like this is one of the best visual-looking MCU, MCU films I've ever seen. Um, I just, hands down, I can't believe what I witnessed today. I feel like I've, you know, you don't get to, like, always beat your heroes. You don't get to, like, I never got to meet Michael Jackson. never got to meet, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, or, or, or any of those guys. But today... For the second time, I felt like I met Spider-Man. I gotta say, man, I'm absolutely blown away. Go out there and check out this film. Far from home, coming at you. Oh. All right, there it is. That is high praise indeed. Coming from a man that has got upwards of 200 views of Homecoming. It's, it's absolutely, you've heard him talk about this numerous times, how much he loves this film, how much he loves this Spider-Man in the MCU. And I have to agree with you, man. It takes it to the next level. Spider-Man in this universe is the Spider-Man we all need and deserve. And I have, to, I have to lay that out there too. Get out there and see this. Do not hesitate, guys. This was, like I said, right at the top. One of the best film-going experiences I've had since Endgame. Yeah, that was only in April. But holy, like, I'm still smiling ear to ear because of what they are able to accomplish in this film. Now, Sanjay, did you have that same experience? You turned to me and said, holy crap, man, this film was awesome. We are 20 minutes out of that. Still got that same feeling? Well, thanks for passing the mic there, Timbo. Uh, Troy, you know, you don't always get to meet your heroes, but I get to meet my heroes every week when I get to podcast with you and Tim. So, <laughs> And now that Carlos is here, I feel like the fourth Beatle. <laughs> Ringo. <laughs> um, Spider-Man Far From Home. You know, I'm probably the toughest critic when it comes to MCU films on the podcast. I think we could all agree on that. You know, I, 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 I recognize that. This film was amazing. <laughs> like, I absolutely love this film. This is like the perfect blend of action, of comedy, of romance, uh, even a little bit of horror in there. Um, you know, I'm not going to give anything away, but, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, with the MCU films, I always say the humor is misplaced. Here, I found the humor worked very well. It was a very funny film, but the humor was in the right spots. Like, it never took me out of a scene. I was never, like, groaning or anything. Like, it worked well. It, I, I don't want to spoil anything. Man, you, go see it. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably will see it. 
And if you don't, you're grabs. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, this is a terrific film. All, it deserves all the praise it's getting. Um, I, I don't even know. I can't wait for next week so we can like dissect this thing. But this was this was fantastico. <laughs> yeah, man, I have to totally agree with you there. The humor, I, I laughed through the entire film, and it's it's like you said, it's not misplaced. It's not that groaning humor. It's not, and I don't find that in the MCU films. I'm, it's kind of my humor. That's the thing I like. But to have you, like you said, you're you're usually the biggest critic here, and it's usually the humor that kills you that pulls you out of some of the more tense moments in this. And it didn't do that. This was well-laid, well-played humor. And it fits into the Spider-Man universe. I used the word charming last week when I described the Spider-Man homecoming film, the Spider-Man in general in the MCU. And this film picks that up and runs with it. You've got that, that John Hughes-esque beginning to this film where you get right back into Spider-Man Homecoming but that real genuine feel of what you're experiencing as a teenager in there. I can feel the angst. I can feel the anxiety off of these kids and it's played so freaking well. Mysterio also. Jake Gyllenhaal, this guy, we're not going to give a thing away here, but man does he ever play this character. Quentin Beck to a T. The visuals like you guys said, unbelievable. Carlos, my man, welcome welcome to the, the, the nerd room in the bar here. Welcome back to the podcast. I got to hear your reaction. Mysterio, Spider-Man Far From Home, what did you think of this film? Hey, man, it's good to be in the fully licensed nerd room here. <laughs> but I absolutely loved it. As the old man Spider-Man fan, it's such a joy to see Marvel Studios realize the fundamental core of Spider-Man and bring that to the screen while also reinventing the character a little bit and making him unique to their universe and to serve the purposes of this film series. Um, I can't say enough about how utterly perfect Peter Parker's characterization was, the way Tom Holland emoted throughout the film, the way it was, it was a character study of this young man's journey from where we left him in Endgame to um, what he needs to do in order to reconcile his life as a high school student and as a superhero. So it's hard without getting into spoilers, but man, did I ever love this movie. Like I just had a year to year grin the entire time I watched it yesterday with my family and my youngest who's loved Spider-Man was just on cloud nine the whole time and not just because Tom Holland had a skinny brown girl as his girlfriend but uh, because they did such a good job in making a movie that's accessible to people from 6 to 65 and yeah I I honestly don't think they could have done a better job and they took a, a villain that has always looked cool had a really cool one trick shtick and made him unbelievably compelling and maybe even one of the best MCU villains thus far. That's a consistent thing that we're now seeing in the MCU is really the villain end of this. And we're not going to give away about the villain anything here, but they do take it to the next level. They give Spider-Man kind of that appropriate personalized story, like you're saying, Carlos, but coming off of the back of the biggest film of all time, the biggest MCU comic book film of all time. How do you really perform within the context of all that? I've called this the epilogue to Endgame, and it truly is that. 
it brings you all of the elements that you want to see people dealing with the snap people dealing with the fallout from everything that happened in endgame you see it all here and it's worn on the sleeve of peter parker of that character and we're watching him develop through this i gotta say a couple more things guys so the boys here that had seen this yesterday teed up the two post-credit scenes for us and man do not miss either of these i promise you guys like I, I almost leapt out of my seat on the last one. It's not, as we kind of predicted, it's not a something that means something in a throwaway one like we've seen in the past couple of films. These are two very meaningful post-credit scenes that really set the tone for what's coming next in the MCU. We don't know what film comes after Far From Home. This is the first time we've sat and discussed on the podcast without knowing what's next in the MCU since 2015, 2016. We've never been in this position, but they really tee up some big things, guys, both in the Spider-Man universe and the greater MCU. So to cap it all off, I'm just going to say, this film coming from all four of us, from the discussions we had before we started recording, discussions that we're likely to have after and into next week's podcast, get out there and see Spider-Man Far From Home. You will enjoy it immensely. If you have just a, a, any sort of inkling that this movie isn't going to deliver, put that to bed right now because it gives you everything you want from both Spider-Man, Peter Parker, the supporting cast, as well as this big epilogue and follow-on from Endgame. This is an MCU film, guys, and this ingrains everything that you want with Spider-Man, everything you want with the MCU, rolls it up and gives you a fantastic, fantastic film. So with all that being said, we're going to sign off here. We're going to finish our beers, and we're going to be back at the mics next week pulling this film apart. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to break down, and a lot to spoil. So we've kept this spoiler free. Make sure you tune in next week for a spoiler review of Spider-Man Far From Home. And as always, if you'd like to be part of this show you can always email us at the nerdroom at gmail.com you can find everything we do at the nerdroom.net or starburstcommonwealth.com you can find us also on instagram the nerd rm we're doing lots of stuff throwing lots of the hunt we got some stuff that was exchanged here at this table carlos he was doing some real digging real finding for me and he did get me a worthy cap i almost almost lost it it's been a hell of a day for Tim here. <laughs> and we're going to detail a lot of that next week, but make sure you tune in. We'd like to give a big shout out to our man Rob Wade for endorsing this podcast over at Mostly14.com. And as always, you guys can join in on the conversation on Twitter, hashtag TwitterGang, hashtag WeTheNerd. As well, our handles are all at the end of the episode. So with all that being said for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Sanjay. And I'm Carlos. Thank you guys very much for entering the fully licensed Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Tattooing Sons, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.